you're either in with this market or you're out with this market. AI, chip stocks, you're in. Drugs, like Lilly, Ozempic, or that's not exactly their drug, they love you. Some good earnings reports run up ahead of earnings. Will they continue? 835, we're going to talk to Derek Oldensmith from T3 on T3 Tuesday. Three Fed speakers today, so watch out for those intraday landmines. Let's see how we resolve that inside day on pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Okay, traders and investors, welcome to T3 Tuesday. We're down just a smidgen here, 49.61, just hanging out and unchanged on the session. The buck continues to rip, and the market doesn't care. It's up 11 cents, 104.43. Bonds up a few ticks, just over 120. Crude stabilizing in the lower or mid-73 handle, up 68 cents, 73.46. Gold flat, 23. 4360 silver down a penny and bitcoin up $440. The futures trading just under 43,000. Let's bring on a triple D, triple D Tuesday morning. How you feeling? How you feeling about these markets? Um it's the strong get stronger and the weak get weaker. It's the like you said the have and the have nots, Joel. I mean this is where we're at. There's certain stocks that are just relentlessly higher, and then there's certain stocks that are completely forgotten. Most of those in the IWM, as the IWM makes new two-year relative lows to the S&P here overnight. So, I mean, it's just not that pretty here if you're not in the AI trade or, you know, certain stocks like Lily, the drug trade. You got to have a story attached to you. And if you don't have the story, they don't care. They don't want to own you. I think you got to throw in the towel on that on that catch up trade. I mean, we've been saying that for a yep. while. I mean, rates I are so. not. I mean, r- come on, what's going on with rates? Let's let's bring in A B. Bring in A B. Bring in A B. Catch up trade died when Powell said last week that we're not going in March. That was red light stop everything that's super interest rate sensitive and all those small caps. Most of those companies rely on financing. Most of those companies have been hurting because of higher rates. And when they pushed it back to where it's May or June, we don't know yet. But when they said March is pretty much off the table, that was red light stop IWM. And that was your signal. That's when I sold a lot of my IWM and I bought more NVIDIA. Um, Remember, I tweeted that out and told you guys on the show. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And on that trade, unbelievably, I sold my IWM, I think, around like 198 ish like somewhere in there. And so, you know, and it's down at 191. And I believe that day, I believe I bought NVIDIA around 615 or 620, and it's 700. So on just on that trade, I think I'm up over 15%, like four or five trading days, which is a crazy move. 
not saying, you know, I'm a hero, just saying that the writing was on the wall. And the writing was on the wall because they don't care. The AI trade's happening no matter what. So it doesn't care about higher rates. But all these small companies do care about higher rates. So until we start getting a, a Fed pivot, just as much as the Fed drove up the IWM in November because he actually pivoted, or December, remember late December, it was November. It was like mid-December. Remember we blasted off in the IWM. You can see the candle that day. Went from 185 to 195 in like one day. It was back December the 13th, I think it was. That was the pivot. That It's all about interest rates for the IWM. It's all about interest rates. You don't have to look further than the TLT. That is driving the bus. Look at what's happened to the TLT. It's making, you know, it's down there near the lows of the move. So that's what's happened here, folks. It's all about rates. And I just want to point out this IWM chart because you talk about just a classic move uh, from that all-time high to that recent low. These numbers are off just a little bit, but right around 203, look at the high of the move. You stuck your head over 200. I mean, I don't want to do it. I mean, I don't want to do a projection from 244 that that move was down to what? Let's call it 80 points. I mean, you know, you go from 200 to, I mean, I'm not calling for 120 on the IWM, but man, you had the 50. It took forever to do the 50% retracement of this move, and it's just absolutely failed miserably. And now, and I remember you sold some IWM around 200 too, didn't you? All full um, sale. I had IWM was huge in my long term portfolio because, you know, six months ago, I kept thinking we're going to have a catch up trade. We're going to have a catch up trade. Because all these stocks, you know, IWM trade like 14 times earnings. I'm a value guy at heart. So I had a huge position in the IWM. It was like a three, it was like a triple size position in my long-term portfolio, which it, it gave you the out. And I've just reallocated here. I just don't feel like it's coming soon. I think there's going to be a time and a place. We're not writing this stuff off and saying, IWM down forever. You know, forget about it. It's never going to come back. There's going to be a value market here again. This market is not the value market. This market is the growth market. This market is the story market. This market wants a good story. It just wants a good story. And IWM doesn't have any good stories in it right now. Value will come back into favor. There will be a time and place for value again. Believe me, markets do come back into favor. But this is not that market. Not well, right now. So we've got a bunch of news this morning while we're talking about the IWM and interest rates. I will just mention, because I talked about it last week, when we saw all the fears going on with the regional banks toward the end of last week, we actually saw the market putting about a 45% a chance that we do end up getting a rate cut in March. Uh, now that's back down to 16%. So I guess the market's a little bit less worried about what's going on in the regional banks um, I mean, wh wh where's KRE at now? Did it end up recovering from no. where we were at last? Not at no. all. No, maybe, not so maybe much it just at stopped, all. And maybe it just stopped going down as much, which was enough for the market to be like, okay. Seller exhaustion. As much as you got buyer exhaustion, maybe starting to happen with an SMCI, you know, not was upper last night, kind of getting back. KRE is seller exhaustion. We sold off 15% in two days. It's an enormous size move. It's waiting for the next piece of news. If we get another bank coming out and saying, oh, we got a little trouble here. Oh, Katie bar the door. IWM's going down and KRE's going down too. It is, to bring this up, AB, is a perfect time because it is the reason also, not just rates, but that, you know, again, rates cause the KRE to go down as well because right. all those regional banks that are underwater need lower rates sooner than later. So, you know, obviously it was the NYCB stuff, but it was also the rates and Powell 
you know, not talking about going in March. That's what continued it here. So, I mean, if you get any other hiccups in the regional banks here, KRE could just make another move down like 10% in a heartbeat. I don't know if that's going to happen. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully it was just NYCB. I mean, they started getting nervous last week. To your point, WAL, they started selling off. A bunch of other regional banks. Key Bank had a couple bad days. Some of them have recovered, but KRE is not bouncing much. And I think KRE wants to see the TLT start ripping higher. That's what it really wants. And that hasn't been happening. Yep, and that will just be something to uh, to watch today and the rest of this week, how KRE is performing. Because, again, if you see that start to, you know, slipping again, uh, that could reignite some fears in the market. Like I mentioned, lots of headlines this morning. I saw some people in the chat talking about it. So some sadder news. Uh, Toby Keith, country Gosh. singer, did pass away at 62, had a uh, form of, of stomach cancer. Um, and I guess while we're we're talking about music, we should – Look at Spotify's stock, which reported earnings this morning. I mean, this chart on Spotify like looks really good. I mean, over the last like six months, this thing is, uh, you know, up more than eighty percent in the last wow. year. Uh, let me get the numbers real quick on Spotify. Uh, let's see. I mean, Spotify to me, it's got such a big user base. Remember, Dennis, we did, I, I asked you the other day what you thought the average price someone paid for Spotify was, and it was a yeah. lot lower than you would think it is. And my theory was kind of like, oh, if they're able to jack that up. Um, let's see. EPS came in at 39 cents, actually missed by five cents, and sales missed. So they must have given some good guidance or something. Uh, okay, so they reported a 28% increase in ad-supported uh, monthly active users and a 15% increase in premium subscribers for Q4. So even though the numbers weren't great, uh, the subscribers beat expectations, which for a subscription stock like Spotify, a lot of times that subscriber growth is really the, the number that the market is looking at the most, um, which is different than a lot of other companies where they might be looking at the top line earnings more. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this stock is definitely interesting to me just because I know so many people that use Spotify. Yeah, I do too. Uh, um, but you know, I mean, it looks like it might be a little bit expensive here. Maybe not too much. The price of sales, just a little bit over three, according to Benzinga pro, but the forward PE, I mean, it says is 84. I don't know, uh, if that's factoring in today's report yeah. or not yet, but, uh, either way, a little expensive, but if you like the growth story here, something that could be interesting. And what did we say off the bat? Valuation really doesn't matter right now. We're not in a value market. We're in a growth market. So if you got the growth, they're going for it. And also like, Obviously, valuation will matter. In the long run, valuation matters. It always does. Sometimes these earnings can catch up to valuation. You know, like in the case of Amazon, for years we heard about valuation and all those bears were always wrong. Apple was always a cheaper valuation. It was trying to catch up, trying to catch up. And now, obviously, now that's changed as well. Spotify, it's a case of the strong get stronger and the weak get weaker in this market. That's just what we're in. If you're hated, you stay hated. If you're loved, you stay loved. Spotify has been running and running and running and running, running into the report to a certain extent, and then just continues to go higher. You know, sometimes we talk about, oh, the stocks run up a lot into the report, so it's going to be difficult for it to go higher. That all changed with Meta. That all changed with Meta, and we should make that point two days ago, because Meta had been strong, 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 and then it came out with the report, and they just ripped it higher. So now traders aren't that scared to buy the strength into the report because we're in the strong get stronger, weak get weaker market, silver lining market, where even with the strong get hit, they bounce back two days later, like in the case of AMD did. So it's like traders are just playing the momentum like they never have before. You got momentum, it's moving. 
That will change. Remember, everything changes. Continue to listen to the show because somebody's going to tape this, what I said, and a month from now, they're going to say, well, Dennis, you told us it all continues. The market is always dynamic. It is always continuing. The market we are currently in maybe we should just pull. Maybe we should just pull all this stuff off. The, um, you know, and like, they do. They go back and they'll say, well, Dennis, you, you know were bearish. We should do that. Apple, we should you just said, pull you know, everything off. You're not allowed to change your opinion so on if Twitter. If you don't listen to show from 8 to 9 and you don't take notes like Jay Rice, you can't come back to us a month later and tell us everything that we said is wrong. They do, though. That's what because the 10% that hater gets, Joel. They yeah. always are going to go and write Let's down. And you can have 90% right, but they will only tweet at you for the 10% that you got wrong. Wish down. I could be 100% right. Of oh, course, if man. I was 100% right, I would be the richest man in the world because I'm trading. I would just make money continuously on a continuous basis. You're 52%, 55% right. You make a living in this business, folks. So we're just trying to be more I'm not right going to do the chemicals on this thing because we had, like, everyone's Palantir, Palantir, Palantir. Let's go to Palantir. And the S&Ps are ripping right now. Dennis, I don't know. Maybe you put a this book or something on the, the buy button here. But we are, uh, we are, we've had a 10 handle rally. So here we are. We're back green on the session. Another no. seesaw day. But let's go to Palantir. Run up ahead of report. They don't disappoint. What did the company that we're really not sure what they do? <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, 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 that, that's why, I, I mean, look, Palantir, a lot of people love the stock. I know a lot of people that hold the stock, like you said, Joel, still don't really know exactly what it is really they, do. they do. Um, company, the EPS came in in line at $0.08. Cents. Sales came in at $608 million, beat $602 million estimate. Um, I mean, uh, they, they, I guess, reported some positive outlook, justify, uh, you know, looking forward, I guess, in the next couple of quarters, Palantir gave some good, good, good guidance because the numbers themselves don't look like they justify, you know, a 17% stock pop again, just an eight cent EPS that was in line with expectations. Sales came in at 608 million beat by like 6 million. So it's not like the top line numbers, uh, were amazing. So, uh, I'm not sure exactly what's pushing up this stock more than 15% this morning, but you guys mentioned the trade where, you know, this Palantir, like a lot of other stocks, this earning cycle had been trading up into the report. And I mean, I don't know if there's a, it seems like basically every stock you can just buy ahead of the report and it's trading up at Tesla, I guess is one that wasn't, that was kind of trading down into the report. Um, but you know, what, Dennis, why do you think this is up so much that you were holding this stock? Um, so, yeah, I put this trade on three days ago because, you know, I like to buy stocks ahead of the reverts. It's 16 at huge support. I picked this up around 1640. Um, it ran yesterday morning something fierce. And I'm like, I so I sold three quarters of the position. I actually got out near the highs. I never do that on the day, but I got out of 1780 um, on three quarters of the position, which was almost a 10% gain ahead of the report. I'm like, I'm making 10%. Ahead of the report, I didn't even have to go through the number. I wasn't intending to go through the number, but then I was like, you know what? I'm like, if this stock gets, you know, if if the stock misses, it's AI, it's got the AI label to it. They probably come in and buy the dip. And if it beats, they probably rip it higher. So I'm like, you know what? I'll hold that little piece. So I held that little piece through the report. It was a small piece. Um, just because I thought, you know, if it says anything okay, that you know, the forgotten AI stock in this will run. And that's what we're seeing here this morning. I probably will sell it here this morning, the remainder of the position, because this was only a trade. This wasn't a long-term investment. I had this designated trade um, and it worked out really well. So um, again, 
Buying stocks, we talk about this strategy on the show for the better part of a decade. Buying stocks ahead of reports just works. Selling them usually before the report, but I just had a little, I, I took a I took a flyer on it and took a little piece through the report. Like, I like again, very small position. It was like 10% of my position I took through the report. So it was small. This is like deja vu all over again. It's uh, It had that big move after its last earnings report. Everyone was just pumping it. You got to love the stock. Over 21, it's going to 51. And it came all the way back down to 16. Will that be the same scenario this time? Man, we're in a little bit different market environment. I could give you the levels to keep an eye on early. Uh, Pre-market high is 2010, so you keep that number. We seem to be bid up near that level right now as we're trading it uh, at 1979, uh, up over 18%. But you only don't have much up here. If you if you really think this is going gangbusters, on November 21st, you set a target at 2185. And that's what it hit, I believe, off its last earnings report. Finished the day at 1980. So to me, it's not so much important where the high for the day is, but like where does it settle in relation to the high? Because once it got a sniff of 20 last time, they came in with their selling shoes. Maybe it's a different scenario this time. Maybe, you know, you get up to 2060, 2070, close back, close over 2010, you know, over 20. Big psychological boost. So uh, keep an eye right now. So far, pre-market high 2010. You bind this open off the open at 20, and it's uh, offered there at like 1995 in your face. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then uh, and I'll tell you something else. Last night, Joel, we went right to the 20, and it stopped at the 20. Let's basically, see that. huge sellers there. There was just huge sellers, and that was after hours. Imagine the sellers intraday when you know a lot of people don't mark their orders for after hours trading. So 20 is going to be a roadblock. It could get through it. I mean, there's momentum in this thing now. It could just blow right through. It's going to trade a ridiculous amount of volume. So it can easily blow through. But that would be my first, you know, point where I'm like, okay, let's see what happens at 20. Can it get through there? Then maybe, you know, like Kenny Glick, you pick up the 20, get to 20 and a half. Then you start thinking about 22. You know, you start going like that. If you're trading this thing, maybe trailing up your stops. But again, I'm long it. I had it on for a trade. I intend to probably sell here in the open. Um, great question. Jeremy Newsom must be listening to the show right now. He's tweeting at us in the discussion. We love Jeremy. He comes on the show every once in a while. Um, he's asking, why is C3 AI doing so poorly? That's a fantastic question because I get this question all the time. And the response that I always give is I don't believe people believe in the story here. Um, this is a micro cap. This is a very, very small company. C3 AI last year, I believe these numbers, had $73 million in revenue, Joel. You're talking about a spec of oh. a company. They have an awesome ticker symbol. The best ticker symbol. Ever. But there's a whole pile of companies that are just piling in, trying to get on board with the AI trade. And I don't think people believe the story here. Not that it's fake, that it's not just like it's not NVIDIA game-changing. I don't know if their technology, and I don't follow the company close enough to say if the technology is game-changing. All I know is I can look at market cap here, the market cap of C3 AI, if we just grab it here, is $2 billion. It's a very, very small company. Could it explode with the AI stocks? Yeah, but you know, look at these other ones like Bullfrog AI, BFRG, Joel. Bring up these ones. These were all the AI, like, oh, yeah, these all these AI stocks going. All these stocks are not participating. And I think, again, it's that there's smaller companies that want to be AI companies, but I think investors are saying, no, nah, we don't know if you're going to actually the be the boys. beneficiary here. 
These aren't yeah. the big boys. Yeah, These I mean, aren't like the stocks that we know NVIDIA is going to be a big player in AI. We know AMD is going to be a big player in AI. You know, we know, you know, certain, play, you know, other stocks like Microsoft can be a big player in AI. Do we know if Bullfrog AI is going to be a big player in AI? No, BFRG. And that's why investors are just not, these stocks aren't participating. So I'd put all those in the same category, like the AIs, the BFRGs. Um, I'm just not in, and again, you know, maybe when I use, you know, not, a, I'm not saying it's not a real company. I'm just saying it's maybe not as believable story to like, you know, for investors to just hop on and take this from 30 to 50 to hundred. I just, you know, show me the numbers like SMCI, the reason it's ripping every day, maybe it's a good segue into the stock that just goes up every single day. It seems like, um, showed us the numbers. The reason this is running AB is because this thing had unbelievable preliminary numbers and unbelievable earnings, and it's revaluing for those earnings. So, I mean, SMCI up here again, insider. And you know what? Here is one more thing, and then we can throw it to you guys and AB. SMCI had an insider buy last night, Joel. They had an insider buy. Like, it just ran wow, 100% in three weeks, and an insider bought a million dollars worth of stock two days ago. I'm like, that's a vote of confidence. You don't often see that. Usually they sell into this. And there was a little sell. There's, you know, there is some sells. But that's impressive in itself that SMCI had an insider buy last night. Uh, just to illustrate your point here, I brought up the AI earnings going back. And you've just stalled out uh, the last couple quarters, right? 72.4, 72.36, 73.22. Lost money four quarters in a row. I mean, that's it. There's your reason. And then you pull up something like SMCI and boom, look at that. You know, a million, a million, 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 billion, two billion, two billion, three billion. Right. Look And look at the EPS. I mean, there's your answer, Jeremy Newsom. Go to your Bazinga Pro and look at look at the earnings growth, the Show surprise me the on the EPS. I mean, come on. Yeah, the, the, the market's obviously telling you something here with C3AI. And when you have a newer technology like AI, that's going to take a lot of money to develop. Would you rather hold a Microsoft or NVIDIA that's going to be able to put billions of dollars in research and development into this newer technology or a company like C3AI that has $2 billion total in market cap, obviously not going to be able to spend Pretty the same small. amount of money on uh, research and development. Real quick, before we move to SMCI, I just wanted to mention on Palantir real quick. Uh, I mean, we, we talked about this before the show that we kind of like, who cares really what the analysts say? Cause they're always chasing anyway, you know, a company will report and it'll be up 20% and the analysts will come in and say, oh yeah, we love, we like this stock. We're going to upgrade it. And it's like, all right, well, well, thanks for that. Why are you upgrading it after it's already up 20%? Yeah. Um, but you actually had a pretty mixed bag when it comes from analysts after this report, three different analysts reiterated their sell rating on Palantir after this report that the market is interpreting to be strong, which is just telling me that like, maybe it's not as strong as, as the market's making it out to be up 20% today. Uh, and to me, I mean, this is one that I wouldn't be chasing up here on Palantir, uh, but you know, it does have momentum. So we will keep watching it. If it continue, if it can get above that $20, that psychological level, we'll, we'll see how it's trading, but let's go to SMCI. I saw someone in the this, chat, this company Palantir, and again, it's just valuation for me. It's 36 billion. It's got 558 million in revenue. I don't know if those, that's a quarterly number I'm looking at there, but I mean, you know, like you want to talk about NVIDIA being expensive and people are saying NVIDIA is expensive. Holy mackerel, Palantir is a lot more expensive. But again, 
valuation doesn't matter. You got the story. The reason I held this long through the report is like, I thought the story might carry it. And that's what's carrying it right now. And valuation does not matter when the story is hot. So I'd watch Palantir up here at 20. And it looks like we got a lot of people in the chat that like the stock. So we will continue to watch it. We'll, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated on what's going on with Palantir. But I saw someone in the chat saying, you know, basically big whoop. This guy has $300 million and bought $1 million worth of shares. Why do we care about this insider buy at SMCI? Which, you know, for small insider buys, maybe not the biggest deal a lot of times. What's significant about this one is that the stock has already run up like, you know, 150% or whatever. It's yeah. now at 600 I gotta get in. I it's, gotta get in. It's six hundred fifty dollars a share, whatever it is, and now he's coming in to buy. So it'd be one thing if the guy bought, you know, a month ago ahead of the release report and all this stuff. Okay, whatever. But the fact that they have an insider buying right now, when the stock's already up this much, wow. is at least somewhat telling that maybe you know they're maybe maybe. Do you think they put the excited. order in wrong? I think, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. I want to sell. What? <laughs> You're kidding me. I wanted to sell. I wanted to get out. Reverse the trade. I mean, no, that's uh, SMCI. I just saw NVIDIA crossing that no man's land there. Got up over 700. Yeah, SMCI, I, I looked at this thing yesterday. I'm like, oh, I bet you this is up a little bit today. It was up like $83. <laughs> it's I mean, insane. It's like, really oh moving, man. People ask me, what are you today. doing, Dan? What, I'm getting this question multiple times on Twitter every day because they know I'm holding a position. Well, I sold half my position. When I made over a hundred percent on it, so I'm always I'm continuously playing with the house's money here now. I'm not that scared on it. And you know what? When I see an insider buy, I'm like, because there's people out here on Twitter that say, here here's what I wanted to say on the insider buy point to add to your point, AB. There's a lot of people on Twitter that believe that SMCI is making up the numbers and this is a scam. They're saying that on Twitter. I don't think that's the case. And how many scams do an in, does an insider come in and buy another million dollars worth of stock? I mean, if, you, if you're an insider, you probably know if it's a scam or not. I don't think it's a scam. I don't think it's even, but there's people on Twitter that are saying this. And this is social media for you. I think the company's not making up the numbers. I think it's real. I think when I see an insider buy up here at like 500 and some dollars the insider pays, that's telling me that these numbers are probably real. And if these numbers are probably real, holy mackerel, that stock was just dirt cheap at 300. Yeah, and I mean this company, I mean it's headquartered in San Jose. It's not headquartered in in Shanghai. So, uh I, you know, <laughs> I make, think the numbers the, are real, folks. Making the fraud allegations is is a big, you know, I mean that's a, that's a big allegation, but while we're People talking People are saying it on Twitter. I see it. I even saw it in the chat this morning. Well, they're just making these numbers up. These numbers can't be real. Because the numbers are so the number the, the growth was so like big, people are no way can't be real, and then they just start going with it. Ah, it's just make that's fake. That's you know not real. I, I think the numbers are real, folks. I think it's real. Well, while I mean I mentioned Shanghai, we should talk about China a little bit. Getting a bounce today. Baba's getting ready to report tomorrow. We did talk about that trade where stocks seem to be trading up into earnings. You had some news. Uh, where China's, you know, leader Xi is discussing a, you know, stock market with financial regulators seems to be. I mean, they announced that stock market rescue package stimulus bill a couple weeks ago, uh, and it seems like, and I don't know, this is just from the headlines. I haven't de delved too deep into this, but it seems like Xi, the Chinese government, is saying like, all right, well, we got to do something to get this this stock market back on track. I mean the all the Chinese stocks have just been getting hammered, not participating in, in, in the rally. 
uh, that we've had really for the past year. And so now you're finally starting to see a bounce on Baba. Um, I mean, I'm in this stock already. I've just got a few shares in my long-term portfolio that I got just because I thought, oh my God, the stock is so cheap. But now if you have some of this fundamental news, that's you know that that the that China they're gonna, trying over there. Yeah, gonna get they're a little bit, gonna there. get a little bit more friendly. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I I'm gonna be cautious and wait till after Baba's report, see how the market reacts. Um, but again, I mean, if you're in any of these Chinese names and you've just been getting beat up, then at least you're you know happy about seeing a tiny bit of a bounce the past couple of days. And here you go, the same trade that we keep talking about. I mean, sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong. This strategy that I've employed for the better part of a decade, buying stocks ahead of reports, is printing money right now. I don't know if it's going to continue. It's never been this hot. But, you know, like Palantir going up 10% ahead of the report yesterday. Lily running 10% ahead of the report, you know, a couple days ago there. Baba, it reports Wednesday. It's starting to run here again. I mean, yeah, you could say, oh, it's all China stocks going, but the China stocks are lifting. And yeah, maybe that's the case, but Baba's really lifting. So a little bit of that too. You know, maybe it's coincidental and China's just going up here right now, but Baba lifting ahead of the report here too. So many stocks just running up ahead of their reports. Again, I'm not saying hold them all through them, but I'm saying there's some alpha to extract by being long stocks ahead of the reports. Uh, nice pop off this one uh, off the 4 a.m. open. You know, I'm just looking at that. I'm just going to focus on the daily because, uh, you know, the overnight action's already dictated. But I think what you need, I know we're trading at 76.55. That's up almost $2. But it, it looks like if you can, and I'm not going to go like to the daily, but it looks like if you could get a sustained bid at like 75. Like if one of the big boys like really wants to step up, you know, and hey, things have turned here. You get a nice bid at 75. I know it's off the low of the move, but because it's failed. It's failed last uh, last three times it's been over 75. The first time it failed and went down nearly 60. A couple weeks ago, it got over uh, 75, went down to the $72 area. Or actually, yeah, just under 72, down 7105. So to me, looking at the, look at dailies, get a, get a nice sustained $75 bid and, and no bad news out of China. I mean, they're doing everything they can to get that economy going. And uh, so far, not much has worked. Yeah. And I mean, I you do, you obviously have a lot of risks here. The biggest one is with Taiwan. We can talk Taiwan semi real quick, too. Um, but to me, I mean, seeing what the, 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 the like, uh, I guess kind of whole vibe right now it seems like from chi is that hey we're we're willing to show that we're going to get these stocks back on track we're willing to do what we can to get them back on track and probably that also includes not invading taiwan in the in the short term so uh you know i'd actually be willing to take a stab i mean i think you need to be choosy i think baba is the one just from value evaluation standpoint how cheap so it cheap. is that like I this is the one I would be taking a stab at the one I already have taken a stab at. I'm not saying go out here and chase this while it's up, you know, six seven percent the past couple of days. But let's watch after the report and more importantly than the numbers how the market reacts. And if you just start seeing this trade get back in favor, then you know people might be playing catch up coming into these names. 
uh, and start buying. So Baba, I mean, anything, as long as Baba is below $80 right now, like it's, it's, I mean, it's basically going to be cheap up until probably, you know, a hundred something share price. So it's not like you're missing out and it's going to get super expensive all of a sudden overnight, unless of course the earnings, I mean, they, unless, unless it pulls a meta and goes up, you know, 50 bucks tomorrow, which I don't think is happening, but yeah. uh, you know, I mean, the Chinese stocks, just something to potentially look at because again, if the if if the leadership in China is saying, hey, we're willing to do whatever it takes to fix our economy to get our stocks back on track, then again, I think that limits some of the risks out there that the market has priced in over the last year and a half. The stock is dirt cheap, and we've talked about this before. And to your point, for maybe, a reason, you know, for a reason, there's no cheap. imminent invasion happening here. The numbers will probably be good too. I don't mind owning Baba ahead of this report, and I'd almost have the guts to take it through it because one. They don't usually miss. How often does Baba miss numbers? And this too, this market prices in nothing. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised Baba beats substantially and stock does pop up. So I wouldn't be surprised if I saw, saw a stock at $85 after the report. So I kind of like it down here. I hope it pulls back a little bit more. Yeah, we'll see. I, I saw someone on Twitter talking about this yesterday, and I even looked into it to see how like true it is. But they were basically saying using Amazon's earnings uh, and sales numbers on the e-commerce side to kind of predict what Baba's numbers would be. And I guess the theory is that so many products on Amazon are from people that buy things on AliExpress and then resell them on Amazon. So if Amazon sales numbers are good and a lot of that, those goods are coming from Alibaba in China, then maybe Baba's numbers will be good too. I mean, to your point, Dennis, Baba usually beats on earnings anyway. They do. Um, so again, we'll, we'll be watching that tomorrow morning. Uh, and, and we'll go through, we have our first guest hanging out backstage. Yeah, we do. Um, but, but after our guests, we will go through some of the other companies that are set to report this week, but it is about 8 35 AM Eastern time. So we should bring on our guests. We've got Derek Oldensmith joining us from T3 trading today. Uh, so let's give Derek our very special pre-market prep. Welcome. When we come back, we'll see what Derek's been trading, what he's been watching. All right, Derek Oldensmith from T3 Trading. Derek, how are you doing this Tuesday morning? Doing pretty well. Glad to be back on the show. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for hopping on. So we've had a kind of, you know, wild week. We got earnings. You have, you know, Fed news. What's been kind of top of mind for you? What have you been watching? Sure. So there's a lot going on right now. And one of the things that's top of mind for me is the spread that we're seeing right now between IWM performance and QQQ performance so far this calendar year. I think it's like an 8% difference. I think you got the Qs up about 4 plus percent at this point on the year. You got the IWM down about 4% or so on the year. It's becoming a pretty big spread. Uh, we just got through most of the MAG7 earnings reports, and they were, you know, for the most part, pretty objectively phenomenal. You can't deny that. But it also seems to me that positioning in those names is starting to get really historically stretched. So I'm just becoming a little bit concerned here. Obviously, the technicals of the S&P and the NASDAQ still look really bullish. The IWM, maybe not so much. I'm just starting to become a little bit concerned that we might be getting a little bit more toppy at this point. And, and it's almost weird for me to say that because I'm historically an optimist. I, I tend to be on the bull side of the market, but just hitting a point here where I am seeing some things to be concerned about under the surface. You've got the average company that's out there down with the S&P up 
And by the way, that doesn't necessarily mean that the market has to roll over. There's been plenty of instances in the past where leadership has been sparse like that, but then the rest of the market catches up. I actually think that this time might be a little bit different where hard to call for a real pullback when you see what that meta earnings report looked like in big cap tech. But at a minimum, I think that it might struggle for the cues to really what, get what a lot of What would change your mind on that trade, Derek? Like what, what would change your mind? I mean, people have been talking about the catch up trade, the catch up trade. It doesn't look like rates are going to be, is there, is there a number? Is there like an, you know, seller exhaustion? I mean, what, you know, what, what would change your opinion on that? So in, in some ways, I actually think that the easier, better trade will be to look for the IWM buy, the mid cap, small cap buy at a certain point. But the thing that you have to wait for on that, and I do think patience is required, is we have to wait for the market to have a reality check on the amount of cuts that they're still pricing in at this point. The Fed has been saying from the beginning, 75 basis points worth of cuts in the year 2024. The market pr was pricing in 150. It doesn't make any sense. And those mid cap, small caps, they're very interest rate sensitive. So while the market is still kind of repricing what Jerome Powell was just saying on 60 Minutes and bringing those uh, cuts back down to reality, you have to be a little bit patient. But I think that at a certain point, that does set up for a, a pretty good long trade. But in the more intermediate time frame until we get to that point, I'm actually becoming increasingly bearish because I don't think we're at that point yet for those IWM names to be a strong buy. And just the positioning in the big cap tech stocks just seems so stretched that I wonder how much continuation that they can get. I think both sides of that trade still require patience, though. This might be a situation where it's like mid-February after we get through OPEX and we can get some volume quenching to come in and loosen this market up a little bit. But at a minimum, I'm very cautious on new longs right now. Um, that's not to say that there aren't some pockets of opportunity. I know you guys were just talking about the, the Chinese names uh, right yeah. before I got on. Yeah. I, I've been building in to the Chinese names for a month now. Um, JD and Baba have been some of my heaviest positions, actually booked a little profit into this up move this morning. So I do think that there's pockets of opportunity out there, but for the most part, I think you got to be patient if you're looking for new longs in mag seven and you also got to be patient if you're looking for the catch-up trade in the small caps and the mid caps what about yeah. apple i just want to get your thoughts on apple here because we're talking the mag seven here and obviously we've had three or four of the mag seven that have just been unbelievable movers tesla's been the dog but apple's also been a dog and it's just reported here um the earnings were okay they bought the stock back you know it initially dipped and then they bought it back here people are talking about this vision pro here it's kind of an interesting setup that's why i just want to get your thoughts on apple here too i have a small position in apple um thoughts here derek on apple apple 180 is the big spot to watch the 180 dollar <laughs> support level real big spot to watch we've held it three times we held it on earnings the 200 days above that point now so as long as it continues to hold 180 i think that you're in the clear on the long side of it you start losing 180 and and there could be a pretty significant pullback you could be looking at a 10 15 dollar pullback on, on on the break of that level so um keeping that one as simple as i can so derek uh, i mean you know you mentioned the iwm's weakness right now and it's kind of been a tale of two markets and uh you know for a lot of people that might haven't been in the magnificent seven stocks the past few months it's like they're looking at nvidia Microsoft, whatever, saying, oh, I can't buy this up here. Then they look at the IWM and they're saying, well, this is a lot favor. I can't buy this either. Uh, if we do start to get some, you know, more chatter about rate cuts and the IWM starts heating up, are there certain stocks or sectors within the small caps that you like? Uh, I, I like tech growth 
for when okay. interest rates start coming down in, in particular. Um, your, your Palantir's of the world. Palantir obviously coming to the forefront of my brain just because of the earnings report and the move. I actually held a pretty decent sized position into that earnings report, uh, but 20 bucks is a big resistance level up here. So I'm booking profit into this $20 area uh, last night and this morning. But I, I think that, um, you know, same deal. You, you look at how growth tech has traded so far in 2024. A lot of these names are down 10 to 40% on the year. Some of them, it, it, it's pretty crazy actually, while you've still got NVIDIA going through the roof. So I think that you see a, a, a big catch-up trade in growth tech, but you still just have to be patient. We got to get to the point where the market has a reality check on how many cuts that we're actually going to get. And until that point, be really careful. And there might even be some shorting opportunities out there, like like a, like Tesla got downgraded this morning. That Tesla chart looks awful. It, you know, it's still down 50% yeah, from highs, and you might be able to push that one still to the short side at this point. We haven't even talked about Tesla today, but we will before the end of the show. But I mean, so do you think in, in terms of the small caps, you can kind of look at which stocks rallied last like November into December and that have since sold off and then think, OK, well, if we do end up getting, you know, some of these rate cuts, these will rally again. I mean, I'm looking at like the upstarts of the world that went up, uh, you know, 80 percent in, in, in a two month time frame from November to December that have now sold off. Where you're thinking, well, since they ran a couple months ago when the when the theory was rate cuts, then maybe they'll run again if if we do start getting rate cuts on the table. That's definitely what I think. These are momentum stocks. They're short squeeze stocks for a lot of them. Upstart's got a large short flow to it. So I, I don't love the idea of just, you know, buying those on the way down and, right. and hoping that all of a sudden the market turns around tomorrow because uh, we start to, you know, move higher on cuts. I think that you wait for the whites of their eyes, let them begin to move up. You don't need to catch the absolute bottom because if they squeeze, I mean, we've seen how the upstarts and the firms have, have moved in the past. So buy them on the way up through levels versus levels. That way you've got your, your risk in place and you're buying that momentum on the way up and looking for that squeeze. Um, you definitely don't want to be too early. You don't need to be first because the moves can be massive in those names when they come in. Great point. Uh, and then, you know, I, I guess you, so you already mentioned the China trade. Are there any other stocks that are getting ready to report that you've been in or what, what has been your big takeaway from earnings season so far? This earnings season has been an interesting one. Uh, we've got a lot of beats, but I think the data that I've read is that the up move on those beats has been muted compared to history. And, and that's actually data that I always like to pay attention to every earnings season. And something I always like to think about coming into every earnings season is where is the market at this point? And, uh, you know, if you have a very elevated market, I think we've all seen that situation where a company reports decent earnings. Look at Microsoft as an example. Microsoft's earnings were phenomenal. I think they beat on every single number. They, they guided fantastically well, but the stock struggled to really be able to continue because it's had such a big move into it. Obviously, you can still get a report like Meta, which was just a, a, an absolute nutter blowout. But this has been an earnings season where for stocks that have gone up a lot, a good report's not really good enough. That report needs to be excellent in order to, to be able to get that continuation. Um, but there's there's exceptions to that also because again you look at a Palantir which is a little bit beaten up on here, yeah. and that report I think was just okay. You know the 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 profit um, for the next year uh, looks good. Um, their guidance on that, but the revenue guidance for the next quarter was a miss. 
and the market's bringing it up, what, 20% or something on it, that? Where it's just a stock they wanted. I mean, these AI story, that's been it was sleepy there, sitting there. I went long at two into the report just like you did, Derek, because I just felt like it was sleepy. And you know what my main reason for it was? like I'm like, it's got the AI story attached. Even if it gets hit, they probably come in and buy the dip because that's what they've been doing on the – like AMD wasn't a great report, and then three days later, it's right back again. So I kind of felt like I had enough underneath the man that – I was comfortable taking a small, I took a small, you said you took a sizable. I know as much guts as you, I took a smaller size position through the report, but I think it's just a stock that they just want, this AI story. And again, there's not a lot of like AI stocks out there. I mean, we got the NVIDIAs and the SMCIs and the AMDs and the Microsofts, but you know, the smaller ones, like some of these, you know, little AI stocks aren't participating. Palantir is a real company making real money here now. I feel like this is just, you know, this AI story just isn't going away. It's, no, it's, it's not. And, and and the interesting thing is that the most bearish thing that you could come away from the Microsoft earnings report is that they need to spend so much money on on AI. Where, where's that money going? It's going to NVIDIA. You know, it's go, going to AMD. Um, it's true. The, this, this, like, like, if that's the bear case, we're spending too much money on AI. Like, OK. <laughs> what are your thoughts on NVIDIA? I mean, it's run so far. Um, you know, it's up 40 percent this year. It's Obviously, the numbers, you know, from the, when they were given the guidance before were phenomenal. And maybe it's just driving on the whole AI story here. Can this continue? Yeah. So I caught that $500 breakout in NVIDIA really well. And I actually was buying ahead of 500 And I, I liquidated my position by like $575 and thought I was a genius. And here, here we are up another, you know, 125 bucks from that point. Um, the... The move the last three days has really only be, has started to become parabolic in nature. So we're like a day four to the upside. I know that there's new news out this morning, which is positive for, for Cisco. Um, and again, I, I don't think that NVIDIA is going away. The AI spending, like we just said with Microsoft, is very real. But it seems to me like the stock is finally getting a bit ahead of itself. So I, I actually have this on my list today as a, as a potential short back through yesterday's high. Just, just as a trade, just as a, just as a trade off of the pretty extreme amount of extension, you could, you could get a fifty dollar pullback in Nvidia right now to six hundred fifty bucks and have the stock still be very healthy and bullish. But the parabolic nature of the move is starting to seem like it's getting a little bit ahead of itself. Volume increased again yesterday, so it looks like you're getting some maximizing volume into that parabolic move. So it'll be really interesting to see how it trades today. Um, you got to be very careful shorting on the way up. A, a, a name that, that's like this, you we can get. That. Yep. Yeah. You can we get totally caught that. in this. So I think that the move here is to let's watch it today. And if they sell it down, especially on good news, when they, whenever it's been one of the big signs, it's been a truism of my entire 15-year trading career. When you start to see stocks not be able to continue higher or even sell off on good news. A lot of times that really becomes a signal to be able to come in on the other side. So you got good news this morning with the Cisco partnership. If the stock can trade back through yesterday's low through 695, you potentially have a short where you can be shorting it on the way down versus your opening high or your pre-market high or something like that. And you could look for a move to the ADMA on the daily chart, which is still sitting down at 650 bucks. And like I'm saying, you get that quick retracement on it. It's not a bearish stock all of a sudden it's just normal healthy price action of price correction after a big move 
Yeah, that's a seven-day winning streak uh, for NVIDIA. So uh, the top of yesterday's range is right at uh, 694.97. So keep an eye on that. Uh, Derek, I want to ask you, and I I really haven't heard a lot of talk about this, but uh, just uh, being exclusive here to Meta and Amazon, I mean, those companies did have some major job cuts. Right. And I, I don't want to call it, you know, financial engineering and I'm not calling for a recession or anything. But is it I mean, is that concerning to you at all? I mean, the numbers were good. The buyback was good. I'm talking about meta here. A dividend out of meta. I mean, that opens up the stock to a whole new group of investors. But how much does that concern you at all that, you know, job cuts, getting rid of, you know, bringing in the expenses? I mean, how many times can you do that? The layoffs honestly don't concern me too, too much. And and the reason for that was because these companies just really overhired in that 2021 period. So I think that you're just seeing these job cuts as kind of a reversion to the mean, if you will, on on employment that's there. And, you know, this whole move that's come from Meta since that like $80 low has been from Zuckerberg going for efficiency and, you um, you know, to, to some degree, they've even been able to look at like a Twitter and Elon Musk basically cutting 90% of the employees there and Twitter still being able to function to some degree. It's not like the platform's imploding every time you go on it. So they're like, well, if if, if other tech companies are able to do that and still operate fine, why don't we work on, on efficiency as well? Um, and again, that, that meta earnings report was was pretty excellent. The stock's pretty extended at this point. So I don't I don't like new longs here at this point. But, you know, the other part of it, if you really want to talk financial engineering, it's the buybacks. And that's the most difficult thing for me on trying to short any of these companies, trying to short Apple through that 180 level or whatever. You are always fighting Apple itself buying $25 billion a stock a quarter. And and you're coming in, you're trying to short that, you know, they're on the bid. It it, it just inherently makes those shorts a a difficult trade. Well, we've been on the line with Derek Oldensmith again from T3 Trading. Derek, thanks for hopping on with us this Tuesday. And if you guys do want to hop in to Derek's uh, virtual trading desk, I'll drop that link in the chat. You can do it for the rest of the week from February 6th to the 9th. Uh, make sure to check that out, Derek. Thank you again for hopping on with us. Yep, yeah, my pleasure. We're opening up my virtual trading floor to any of your listeners who want to be able to join just for this week. So it's an exclusive opportunity to trade with me and my group of professional traders. And I hope that I get to see some of your folks in there. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your week. You too. Thanks. Thanks, Derek. All right, guys, go check out that room if you want to get some more from Derek and T3. Boom. Great guest. Derek had a lot of good insights into this yeah. market. Yeah, uh, very consistent. Guys are good, man. Very they consistent. Are. Yeah, and, T3, and T3's been sending us some good some good peeps. Well, you know what Derek brought us to was Sentinel-1. You know, oh, we yeah, haven't given him any props, but that. he said that thing around 18 bucks. It's $28. I mean, that was a fantastic call, too. So, um, you yeah, know, they, they brought us some good stocks. Uh, all right, we are going to go a, a few minutes Stop. extra today, past nine at least. Uh, you know, Joel and I will be hanging out. Hopefully, Dennis can hang out with us for a few extra minutes too. Sure. But we do have a lot of things to still get to. Uh, I meant to mention it earlier uh, when we were talking about Spotify. There was a different music, I guess, related or music-linked company that reported earnings yesterday. You guys know what I'm talking about? Run that by me again? A music-related company that reported earnings yesterday. I don't. I only know Spotify. <laughs> That's got to be a small one. 
It is. It is small. One of the companies. They, they, I'll give you a hint. They haven't. This company hasn't had too many earnings reports. Uh oh, Chad, help us out here. Me and Joel are stumped. We're stumped. It's probably not even in my universe. I don't. I'm bad at adding. All right, another hint. It's it's a venue. It's a music venue. A publicly traded music venue. Live Nation's close. Oh gosh, we're we're getting thrown under the bus here. Live Nation it. is what I would have guessed too, but he said it's only been out there for a couple quarters here. Yeah. Nope, nothing. No one's guessing it. All right, it's it's the Sphere. Oh, there we go. We got someone got it. Jimmy B oh, got it. Oh yeah. The Las Vegas Sphere reported earnings yesterday, and the stock traded up ten percent. it right now. What do you guys think about this? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the company ticker SPHR. They're going to be able to make a lot of money on advertising during the Super Bowl, right? Some some big company or someone's going to come in and buy the advertising rights to make the outside of the sphere, you know, a, a, a rocket mortgage logo or something. So I don't know. This is an interesting business model because they've got both the revenue of the concerts inside the sphere. And then also they made their entire building, their one asset, this venue, a a big it's old cool. billboard on the outside. I mean, I, I, I that's an interesting business model. Hey, let, let's make our let, let's make our building a billboard. Do you think you're gonna see? Should we do that here at Benzinga, Joel? Should we make a a, a big LED screen and just throw ads on outside? Well, yeah. don't we don't we have a sign outside? We do, yeah, but we don't we don't bring it. We don't bring up ad revenue on it. Yeah, let's bring up ad revenue. Get that going. I like ad revenue. No, I just think I thought that was worth mentioning this company. I mean, it was trading up 10%. Saw a bunch of people yeah, on FinTwit sure. talking about it. Uh, yeah, YouTube. I like new stocks. I, I've never traded this stock. So you, YouTube, I, I like new stocks. YouTube played there at kind of its inaugural thing. And then tickets actually went on sale yesterday for Dead & Co. with John Mayer. They're doing 24 shows there. And apparently the ticket demand has been off the charts uh, for that show as well. So I don't know. It could be something to watch. I don't I don't love the – I just can't see there being that much growth there. I mean, this company is just going to be hosting concerts and then doing the ads on the outside. But, hey, it could be something to watch. Um, all right. Technicals on this one. On SP, Sphere, uh, SP, yeah, let's take a look. A good day yesterday. Uh, broke out, traded up 23 cents. I'd like to just see it hold the top of yesterday's range. Next day, I mean, this is the first day perhaps of a two-day move. You got a favorable market. I'd say let's get into the $40 handle. Next target on the upside, not too far away, uh, 40.65. And uh, also... Nice volume yesterday. This traded almost 2 million shares. That's a big bump up. So, you know, like, wait, you know, wait for the, the volume to, uh, you know, uh, peter out a little bit and a little consolidation. But uh, next target, 4065. It is cool. I mean, I, I have seen the different pictures of that and everything, and it, it does. And, man, maybe we, you know, maybe the Super Bowl trade. You know, we weren't talking yeah. about the Super you think that's, Bowl Do you think that's priced enough. into earnings where if they if they charge a million dollars a day for their ads on the on the outside of the dome – that during the Super Bowl, they'll probably get five times. I mean, you see the commercial prices for a normal commercial versus Super Bowl. Why would the sphere be any different? They should be able to get way more money for the advertising during Super Bowl week. Uh, so I don't know. Could be something to watch there. But Joel, maybe if we if, if we wanted to do some advertising, if Benzinga wanted to advertise on the Las Vegas sphere, I think we should just make the whole dome your face and say, tune in to pre-market prep 
and that will get everyone in the, the Las Joel Vegas. Well, it'll get a lot of women. Yeah, you know, it'll get it'll I get mean, off uh, female it'll so, get off female you know, audience up a little I bit. I mean, you know, from twenty to eighty, you know. Yeah, there we go. Kind of fall in between that range. <laughs> uh are we talking about the age range of women that'll be tuning in <laughs> uh all right let's talk about some stocks that might be moving the market a little bit more eli Lilly, of course reported Ooh. earnings this morning stock trading up at least last time i checked about five percent i mean this chart i mean joel i don't even know do we even Parabolic. need to give technicals on this chart it looks the same as nvidia it's the same uh-huh. as smclo smeci is even more stretched but just gone parabolic here now i mean it's like Sometimes when they go parabolic, it's a good time to ring the register. This story is real. The valuations are crazy forever. But when the story is hot, it doesn't matter. Um, new highs. Hard to go short stocks making new highs. I usually book profits into these parabolic moves, but it hasn't been the point. It hasn't been the it hasn't because been the they continue, lately. man. I mean, this is like, that's why, you know, people are asking, this is unlike you. Somebody was saying to me yesterday to be holding NVIDIA this long or to be holding. But again, these were longer term plays. But I mean, just the moves that they just they just continue i don't know what stops them they're gonna stop eventually fire exhaustion is I going know. to stop these stocks eventually but they're all together group them all together smci video lily it doesn't have anything to do with the other ones but it's group it together because when the ones start pulling on the momentum stocks momo comes out usually comes out of the other ones too I know some mega bulls have turned on this market and uh you know oh the dollar and everything but i mean I, I mean, at this point, I mean, look at that. You know, you had that sell-off yesterday. I mean, you didn't even get near Friday's low. They buy it all the way back up, almost green on the session. You're getting back the losses. I mean, I, I, you're going to have to see a little. I mean, maybe when the, the inflation data is not till next week. So, I mean, it's hard to call a top in this market when, you know, there's just this relentless buy. But, uh We'll try and call the top for you when we see it. And right now, S&P's nice bounce off that pre-market low. We are approaching the highs of the session uh, at 49.7150. What I would keep an eye on for the S&P's is that all-time closing high on Friday. A little fluff there at 49.80 and a quarter. So if you're looking at some of your other stocks, you know, just look where that all-time closing high is. You'll see if people are trying to work their way out at the mark or at least the best mark that they had on their sheets. So I think one of the things, I mean, looking at just kind of the sentiment of the market right now, and, you know, obviously right around all-time highs, still pretty bullish out there. Both for NVIDIA and and not Eli Lilly, but for uh, uh, the other one, no, uh, Novo Nordisk. Novo Nordisk said that the weight loss drugs, they're having kind of supply issues where the <laughs> demand is so high they can't keep up with supply. Basically the same thing you you heard from NVIDIA about its, its semi-chips. And in a, super, in a market that was dominated by bear sentiment, I feel like the people would be taking more away from that. Oh, these companies are having supply chain issues. Their numbers aren't going to be as good because they can't meet demand, all this stuff, and be selling off. Instead, the spin zone of that, the other side, is, oh, my God, look at how great demand is. They're selling every single drug they produce. They're selling every single semiconductor, every single chip they produce. And so, you know, to me, just how the react the, the market is reacting to that news is telling that there's not, I mean, the people aren't, basically ready to just hop on the short side and pick up this bear sentiment because they're still willing to run this even though you're having these supply issues which there's probably just that moderation you want to be in that sweet zone of hey we're having uh we're, we're having trouble keeping up with demand but we're not having too many supply chain issues like what you saw during you know covid yeah. or something where the chips were so hard to get that 
you know, it was actually hurting the stocks that the, that demand was too high. So kind of, I guess you kind of want to stay in that sweet zone of, of limited supply, but not too limited. And I'd always ra- rather have the problem of too much demand and, you know, we can't keep up with the demand than no demand and we have inventory all right. over the place and we don't know how to get rid of it. I will always take option A over option B. And I think that's just where we're at on a lot of these companies is the demand is just there. It's like weight loss and AI. This is what it's all about. This is 2024 story so far. It's weight loss and AI. And, you know, and actually this is a story that we predicted that it would be. And that's why, you know, I went with the NASA acronym. I went all over it. Three AI stocks and a weight loss. You know, while I, I felt like a story that could pick up with weight loss, which, you know, obviously, you know, it's not one of the, the big ones yet, but I think it, it could be. So... I mean, this is just, you know, a, a, it, does the story cool off? It's the same thing. It hasn't went as, NVO hasn't went as, as parabolic as Lily, but it's still up, you know, 13% here in the better part of a week and a half. These are big moves for huge companies, Joel. I mean, that's the one thing with the meta move that was so impressive. It's not like meta is a little $100 billion company, you know. It tacked on $200 billion in that move. I mean, these are impressive moves like lily is not a small company when it's running a hundred points in three days and that's what it just did what's the market cap increase on lily there like it was you know 570 now it's like 670 i mean it just tacked on a hundred billion dollars in three days this is a lot of money being made here this isn't like a billion dollar pop-up it's a hundred billion dollar pop-up for lily it's impressive well, you know, maybe a company we're talking about the demand and and keeping up with, uh, you know, having the supply keep up with the demand. Tesla might be a little bit on the other side. I mean, for a while, Tesla was kind of in that same story of it sold every single car it produced. That was the big thing is it just needed to produce more cars because the demand was out there. I haven't looked at the inventory numbers, but based on how many price cuts the company has done in the last year, it tells me that maybe demand isn't soaring through the roof and we've seen this uh, from other from from the legacy automakers that have talked about scaling back uh, and the ev demand hasn't really been there um i mean tesla is just in this market that's hitting all-time highs has has not gotten any bounces we're now uh are we below 180 right now yeah, yeah we we're down uh we're down 268 another downgrade today downgrade this from is an- capital analysts I mean- beat up on these things I mean, as much as there big good good news on some of these stocks, I mean, you've had nothing like but nothing but bad news. You talk about a story, there's good stories. Right now, I mean, the stuff that's been coming out in Tesla, it's just been all bad. Old, I mean, just uh, had. I mean, even like what we had Gordon Johnson on a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. I mean, the stock's probably 15, 20 bucks lower since then. So, the story, the story is gone here, and uh, you know, you need the story's ice news. cold. I yep. wouldn't say it's gone, but it's ice cold. And the valuation is nosebleed. And that's the issue. And I took a little starter position. because so I felt like I liked the bounce off the 180. It's starting to breach that here. I might actually cut it out because, and it's no, it's okay. You know, you can throw in the laundry portfolio, take a starter position. It's like, nah, you know what? I don't think it is the bottom here yet. And you can always cut out and then you can get back in and re-enter. I, lo- I think five years from now, the humanoid aspect is going to help Tesla here, but it's just too far down the road. Right now, Tesla isn't being seen as a tech company and an AI company. It's being seen as a car company. And that's the biggest problem here for Tesla. They need to, maybe it's going to take Musk. And the one thing you have is Musk is a wild card. 
and maybe he comes out and he doesn't like his stock going down ever. So like he might maybe talk it up. Maybe they got a lot of cash, you know, maybe he comes out and like, you know, announces some type of, you know, dividend or something. I don't think he's going to do that. It's not. Oh, they, yeah, I don't know about a dividend. Now, maybe, I, I don't... maybe, maybe like they've done stock splits in the past. Would he do a buyback? Would they do a buyback? I don't know. We get they got to do something, but well, let me they throw, got some let, money. Let me let me throw let me throw this to you, Dennis. So let's assume both these stocks are a little bit expensive right now. Would you rather own Tesla at a forward PE of fifty five? Yeah, where all these you know concerns going on with the company, whatever the past year, or Nvidia at a forward PE of thirty five. So, I mean, but again, I, I think both stocks are a little expensive. You can go out there and say that, but yeah. I'd rather have the one with the lower forward PE and the story of, okay, booming AI yeah. can barely meet demand versus Tesla, where you have all these question marks related to the, the overall demand for electric yeah. vehicles. And then if Tesla's stock keeps falling and it does get to like that forward PE of around 40 or something, which I don't know when the last time we would have seen something like that. We, for we Tesla. saw it at 29. When it got to $100, the forward P was 29 and we actually said it. You know, we were talking about it then and it's like, it's actually not expensive. This is the first time Tesla's actually not super right. expensive. But it was super out of favor. And then, you know, we know it's bouncing. And it's a fantastic question. I, you know my answer. I mean, I have been talking about NVIDIA not being that expensive here for a long time. The stock price is just trying to catch up to the earnings growth here. I know there's everybody out there. And last night, you know, people on Twitter again, there's NVIDIA trade 100 times earnings. Well, you keep looking at those trailing earnings, buddy. You're going to miss a lot of good moves because the projections are not there. I mean, analyst projections for 2020, uh, the 2024 are up at $20 in earnings. So do your math on that. 2025, they're looking at a 25. That's analyst projections. If those, if those go up, that can change thing too. But if you take your calculator, I can't do that air math there, but you go 700 divided by 20, that's 35 times earnings. That's not 100 times earnings, folks. That's the old earnings. This is AI. This is moving up. The only argument I'm going to say again, if you're arguing on valuation on NVIDIA, it's not that bad. If you're a bear, what I want to hear is pull forward. I want to hear these arguments because then I know you did your homework. When you're just grabbing an old PE and throwing it out there and trying to do your homework, you didn't do your homework. There's no sense even listening to what you have to say because you didn't do your homework. I want to hear like pull forward, margins declining. Those types of arguments are real. Those types of arguments like we're not going to hit $20 in earnings, Dennis, because this is what's going to happen that we don't hit those numbers. That's what I want to hear. But you just throw out an, yo, it's trading 85 times earnings. That means you just took two seconds and looked at the PE that you grabbed on your, you know, from last year and just threw it up there and made an argument. It means you did 10 seconds of research. You got your CFA hat on, Dennis. I don't think people, uh, you know, understand. Uh, uh, there, there's an argument to be made from the bears. It's pull forward and margins declining. But demand is there, folks. And the, yeah. and the PE, you, if, you can't no, get enough if, here. if it stays up, Yep. Can't get enough uh, of your product out there. Uh, demand, you know, basic economics. I know I took it uh, past fail in Michigan, barely passed it, but <laughs> man, supply and demand. I mean, and I mean, when you, when you got to demand out there, there's not enough supply. Right. And if you, you, you want to buy companies that have their, you know, quarter over quarter earnings growing, you know, you want to see companies make more revenue than they did the previous quarter. Obviously, the expectation is for NVIDIA to do that by a big in a big way this upcoming quarter. So I think it'll be a big kind of, you know, line in the sand moment for NVIDIA where it's going to say, OK, 
We all know the numbers are going to be good when the report comes out. It's how good are they going to be? How much will NVIDIA raise guidance? Uh, and then the, the second part of that will just be how the market reacts, because if they report great numbers and raise guidance and the stock sells off, okay, then maybe the people saying this has just gone too much and there's going to be buyer exhaustion and sellers are going to come in. Okay, then you, then then you know you'll you'll be vindicated then if that happens but if the mark if the stock pulls a meta or uh you know any of these other companies that have ran up after the reports i think an, or if that were to happen if we're going to see nvidia go up another five ten percent after it reports it's going to have to be a substantial beat sure. with the guidance raise and probably i mean I, I don't know i mean we're still two weeks away so i mean this thing could continue to run into the earnings report and you know what the truth is, and it's going to piss a lot of people off, but the truth is all the people who are like just trashing the stock on Twitter are pissed off because they're not in it. They're jealous that they're not in it. That is the truth, folks. If you're taking all this, and you're like, well, you know, you're justifying your position of not being in it to the rest of the world. Meanwhile, these people were all at $400 telling us it was all overvalued. That it wasn't going to be. And, you know, the reason I bought NVIDIA was, I forget who it was on, on CNBC. It was um, on Fast Money. But anyways, you know, given the arguments, like, look at those forward earnings. He's like, NVIDIA is a no-brainer buy at $400. Look at these projections. Look at this, you know, look at where it's going. And, you know, I, was, I went and did the math that night. And I gave the argument. That's why I bought it at 405 Because I'm like, it's going to grow into it. I'm like, it's just growing so fast. Now, you have, it, again, you know, we're continuing the NVIDIA talk because everybody's talking about it all the time. It's run a long ways, to Aaron's point. It's due for a correction. It's going to have to blow it away into the next, you know, earnings report to really go higher here. Can it do it? I think so. I haven't sold any shares yet. You know, would I sell some shares? Possible wow. if I feel like the story is cooling off. I don't feel like the story is cooling off yet. It has, am I going to be able to stomach a 50, 75 point pullback? Yeah, I'm gonna have to. You could, it could happen. It's it's bound to happen eventually. Joel, stocks just don't go straight up. I wish they just went yeah, four hundred yeah, to a thousand yep, with five point. You're not gonna say that anymore. Yep, Nvidia, SMCI. I I would just <laughs> do go straight up. <laughs> I I would just what I would keep an eye on here is the volume. And look at this: sixty-eight million shares traded yesterday on an update. I mean, it's increased so. The only way, and I mean, I'm not trying, I know I mentioned you a couple weeks, or like a week or so ago, I said something to you about, man, oh man, maybe look at, you know, selling some calls or something, you know, locking in, you said no way. You, you at least got to wait for some kind of consolidation, a couple lows in the same area, a little bit of declining volume. But right now, I mean, people are just buying this hand over fist. So uh, the whole time closing high, which was made yesterday, 693.32. I would, I would just keep an eye on that on today's session. So and not trying to call top yet. And I see Richard in the chat saying, I'm still holding NVIDIA until I see real negative news. And people saying the stock has gone up too much is not negative news. In yes. fact, it's. The opposite. It's showing you that the market is is bullish on this stock and likes it, and investors are coming in and buying it. So people will try to spin that as a negative, saying, "Oh my God, look how much it's up." But I would look at that and say, "Yeah, that's great. That means the sentiment is there. People are liking this stock." Uh, real quick, so we are about to end the show in two minutes and transition over to the live trading. I did see some people in the chat talking about uh, what is it, Sunworks ticker S U N W. Uh, I guess potentially going bankrupt, stock getting crushed. That's and some I sense. 
And, and I just wanted to bring it up because, I mean, are there any clean tech stocks, I mean, uh, maybe besides Tesla, that are investable right now? It seems like every single, whether you're looking at Solar Edge, Sunrun. Oh, boy, boy. I, I mean, all these stocks, just looking at the TAN, like, ETF. So many bad ones. Have oh, gotten, right back down. The tan, the TAN ETF, ticker TAN, oh, is down more than 20%. Year to date. And I mean, I get it because we had this run up at the end of 2023 where interest rates were cut. I mean, if interest rates were going to be cut, these types of stocks are going to benefit greatly. And the yeah. fact that that's now taken out of the market, they're getting absolutely hammered. But are, are there any of these that you can take a stab at? It seems like the clean tech trade is just like, like, like I, I don't want to touch any of them. Simple Simon yeah. trading. It's simple. When Powell said we weren't going to March, it was get the hell out of all this interest rate sensitive stuff. You know, it wasn't, you know, and obviously a lot of stocks continue to go higher. And we can talk about the S&P, how resilient it is, despite Powell was saying. IWM, completely different story, interest rate sensitive. Solar stocks, they need lower rates now. They don't want lower rates next week. They don't want lower rates, you know, next, you know, they need, or they need lower rates now, like today. They need it now. And the, you cannot buy these stocks until we start seeing the TLT start to rally. TLT starts ripping higher. Longer term rates start going lower. Solar stocks will be a buy once again. The only thing that's going to spook hate these this stocks market. Right now the, the only thing that's going to spook this market. And, and like it just people get so carried away. I mean, just hearkening back to what Paul said, you know, with, with the pivot. And then you come out with the, with the data. The, only, the thing that I think you have to keep your eye on is those uh, those uh, inflation numbers coming out next week? Yeah. Now all of a sudden that could change the narrative, right? If you get you know uh, you know hot numbers coming out, then maybe maybe you get a turn, and that's even more bad news uh, for these other stocks. But th there's just absolutely no reason to think that you know the the, the Fed is gonna it's gonna be helping these stocks out. At least I mean this economy is not showing any. Really, any side, maybe certain sectors, there's a little bit, but uh, right now, I mean, I think, I think four, four and a half. I think we're going to be looking at this. We're going to be doing the show a year from now, and we'll be like, oh, are, you know, are rates going down? No, they're not going <laughs> they're down. It's not for good. Yeah, or stable for longer. That's what I've been saying. Stable for longer, not necessarily. <laughs> yeah, we're still historically low rates too. People wake up. We our rates are still. If you look at it on a long term basis, we are still at a historically low rates. And the contrarian has been getting absolutely hammered in this market. Contrarian strategies, folks, are not working in this market. They worked well in 2022. They were killing it in 2022. Contrarian strategies, even in 2023, contrarian strategies, a lot of them worked well. We're chopping around fade trade. Remember, I was talking about all that. That is not working right now. You are buying stocks that are going down like Tesla. They go lower. You are selling short stocks that are going straight up. They go higher. We are in a full momentum market. It will change. It will change again. But right now, momentum traders are cashing in and contrarian traders are getting killed. I'm going to finish with that. Yeah, and we'll be here when that market does change. Because, like you said, uh, Dennis, we can't we can't keep doing this forever. But right now, that's the type of market we're in. And if you've been trying to fight it, you've been getting beat up. And if you've been just kind of, you know, going with it, you've been doing well. Uh, but all right, guys, thanks for hanging out with us for a little bit longer today. Nine sixteen a.m. Eastern. Market opens in about fourteen minutes. We will transition you guys over to live trading. You do not need to go anywhere. Thank you to Derek.
Olden Smith from T3 for joining us today. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, got a bunch more earnings that we didn't even really get to talk about today, but we will do that tomorrow. Uh, again, thank you to everyone who tuned in. Please smash the like if you have not already. We'll